Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. In this hour from The Athletic, Jesse Granger. He covers the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll get uh, Kurt Hill on as well uh, out of uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings organization who won their uh, WHL playoff series yesterday in six against the Medicine Hat Tigers. We've already set the lineups for the two teams. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at Digitex.ca. In our conversation with John Shannon, we mentioned uh, the top six time on ice forwards all are going to miss the playoffs. The owners have two of them, McDavid and Drysaddle. Uh, an organization that has illustrated the importance of depth and reconfirming the old saying, you're only as good as your worst player, the Vegas Golden Knights. They've been a wonderful story over the last two-plus years. Jesse Granger joins us right now on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Jesse, uh, now with The Athletic, uh, tell us, I mean, at what point did this stop kind of becoming a bit of a Cinderella story and the reality kicked in that, you know, George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon have built a really deep, good hockey team here. Um, I think for me, it was kind of in the middle of the season last year. Um, we realized that this isn't going to stop because early on when they were winning, it was okay. They're they're riding the the emotion of getting sent from their old teams. Nobody likes them anymore. They're kind of using that chip on their shoulder to their advantage. But eventually, this is going to wear off and talent will show through. And then it didn't, and we realized that. Some of these players are more talented than maybe we thought they were before they went to the Golden Knights, like William Carlson, Eric Halla last year was a big one. But uh, And then they go into the playoffs and, and faced a good veteran Kings team that had been there forever, swept them, took care of San Jose, and then they went up to Winnipeg, and that was really where they showed that they're one of the contenders. And, and obviously they didn't finish the job, but they, they improved their team significantly from last year by adding Max Pacioretty in the offseason, signing Paul Stasny, and then obviously trading for Mark Stone at the deadline. This team has as much forward talent as anyone they're going to face, and they've got one of the best goalies in the NHL. So, I mean, they're not maybe as complete as some of the other top contenders, but they do have the ingredients to make a run. Well, they are, I mean, you look at all the advanced analytics on this team, and it's quite impressive. Jesse Granger joining us right now from The Athletic. And, 
you brought up Mark Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury, and Jack Michaels and myself have had this debate for years. I've been a Price guy, Jack's been a Fleury guy. We mentioned Jack's from Pittsburgh, and I've actually been to Anaheim, like British Columbia, where uh, Gary's from. But uh, Mark Andre Fleury, what's? I know you were tweeting out today. What's the status? Is he a possibility tonight to start in goal, or was today just the first day back? And are there any expectations that he'd miss any time heading into the start of the playoffs? Yeah, so obviously that's the biggest story surrounding this team because this team will go as he goes. Um, and tonight, or today was his first time joining his teammates in practice since March 15th when he last played. So it's been a while. Um, he's been skating on his own, but not with the team. So today was the first day back. He's not going to play tonight. Malcolm Subban will start his ninth game in a row tonight. Um, I think their hope is to get Flurry a couple days of practice with the team and then maybe start him the last two, maybe, regular season games just to let him kind of get back to the speed of the game before you throw him into a playoff series. Um, from everyone I've talked to, from Gerard Gallant to other people in the organization, there is no doubt he will play um, the first game of the playoffs, which, which is obviously huge. He's the best player on the team. And you mentioned uh, the acquisitions, uh, Stashny and free agency, the Pacioretty deal, and then getting Mark Stone. Now, we should mention uh, they gave up the three top 15 picks in the draft. Two of those three kids are gone. Obviously, Pacioretty, uh, you know, Suzuki going in that deal, and then Bradstrom, who a lot of people really like going in the Stone deal. But when Stashny, Pacioretty, and Stone, and then you've got Carlson with Marsha Show and Smith, I mean, face it, Jesse, that's two number one lines. It is. It's, it makes this team extremely deep. And I've said before, it's when you acquire Stone, he makes that second line one of the best second lines in hockey with Stasny and Pacioretty. But to me, the bigger impact is you drop Alex Tuck, who, if you don't count Mark Stone's points in Ottawa, Alex Tuck's the leading points guy on this team. You drop him to the third line with Cody Eakin, who now has 21 goals, a career high for him. And all of a sudden, that third line is now one of the most dangerous lines in hockey. And you mentioned it. When you first brought me on, the depth of this team is really what's going to um, kind of propel it to to getting these heights that they have, and I think it's even better now. With like I said, Alex Tuck to me has been one of, if not the best forwards on this team, and he's now playing on the third line. So Halla blew out his knee. He's a year away from free agency. This team is at eighty-two million dollars next year. Now Clarkson's on the books for five and a half, so they can move that contract in the off season. But they still got to get William Carlson signed. Could Eric Halla be a potential piece that moves? You think in the off season? Uh, they're definitely going to have to jump through some hoops to get that Carlson deal done. Um, Halla is definitely one that that could be up for a trade. I think Cody Eakin is on an expiring deal that I think a team could definitely use. I think Cody Eakin is movable. And Ryan Reeves, who just signed a two-year extension with the Golden Knights this offseason, um, he's getting paid $2.75 million a year, which is overpaying for him. But he's having one of the best seasons of his career. So I, those kind of three guys. Also, maybe if you want to go defenseman, um, Colin Miller is a guy that I could see being moved. Um, I don't have a an inkling as to who they're going to move this early, but I do think they're going to have to get rid of some contracts in order to make William Carlson fit. Is Nate Schmidt still one of the most underrated defensemen in the league, or do we now look at him and just say, no, he's not good? Well, I think nationally he doesn't get the credit he deserves, and he's probably never going to because he's never going to score a bunch of goals. And you look around and you talk about the top defensemen, Hedman, Burns, and Carlson, and they all score. Um, Nate Schmidt's never going to be a scorer. He does get a, quite a few assists, and he starts the rush. He usually doesn't finish it. But it's 
it's hard to find a defenseman who is caught out of position less than Nate Schmidt. His skating ability is truly elite for a, for a number one defenseman. He never gets caught. He can he skates backwards so quickly that he never has to make that turn or or risk getting burned around the corner. So he and he also allows the Golden Knights to use a guy like Derek England with him, who Derek England, as good as he is, he's getting old, his skates don't move as fast as they once did. You put Nate Schmidt on the ice with him, and it kind of all those deficiencies in Derek England's game disappear, and you can just use Derek England for what he's great for, which is protecting the front of the net and those corner battles. Is that the, if there is an Achilles heel, is the depth on defense if there was an injury to, say, one of Schmidt or Theodore? Yeah, I mean, that that would hurt. Um, this team, it's it's strange because when you look at their defensemen, you don't think, wow, that's a, that's a top-five defensive team because, yes, Nate Schmidt is good. Shea Theodore is great. Offensively, he does make some mistakes in his own end. He's still a young defenseman that maybe is a little too aggressive. And then John Merrill, Colin Miller, Braden McNabb, these aren't big-name guys, but if you look at every advanced analytic from Corsi to Fenwick to puck possession to shots to high-danger chances, they're top five in pretty much every category. So I don't know if it's scheme or if it's just the way these players work together, but they clearly outperform um, kind of their individual skill when you look at the defensive numbers. This is how deep this team is, Jesse. Daniel Carr, who's an Edmonton area product from Sherwood Park, he, he was leading the. Uh, he's been nicked up of late, though. He was leading the American Hockey League in scoring. He's seventy-one points. Edmonton Oilers were in on Brooks Masick. They looked at him. Curtis McKenzie is a hard, physical winger. I'm here to tell you, any one of those three players would be up with the Edmonton Oilers right now. And I haven't even mentioned Brandon Peary. How come Brandon Peary can't? I mean, the guy's got, you know, he's he's got 11 goals in 28 games this year. I think he had four and three games last year. He's got 71 career goals in 256 games. Is that just a reflection of the overall depth of this organization that Peary can't play full-time here? Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It is the, the depth is impressive. And it's also because Brandon Peary, obviously, his – he, he's been able to score goals his whole career. The only reason he hasn't been a regular NHL player is because he's not as great in his own end. I think it's good for the Golden Knights to have Peary as a replacement in the waiting if one of the top six forwards goes down. But he just doesn't really fit into that. Like, he can't play on the fourth line with Reeves and Carrier and Belmar because that's obviously not his game. He can kind of play on the third line when you have Alex Tuck and Cody Eakin there. That's a, that's a pretty offensive line. But it, it, even if Brandon Peary doesn't play another game, he's great to have just in case someone like Max Pacioretty goes down or if Carlson or, or sorry, but Riley Smith, one of those guys goes down, Peary's a great fill-in. You can plug him in there and he'll score some goals for you. Did Cody Glass get hurt in the playoff series uh, with the Portland Winterhawks? No, he was actually injured before that. Um, he he missed the last few games of the season, and then he came back for that last game against Portland, and he scored a shorthanded goal, but I think that was their only goal of the game, and they got eliminated. So he's been he's really been fighting some injuries this year up there. Yeah. Um, he's had a hard time staying healthy for long stretches, but uh, obviously his junior career is over now that the Winterhawks are eliminated. Now, will they sign him to go play for Rocky Thompson, uh, who was a former Oilers assistant in Chicago, or what do you envision happening there? Yeah, I think I don't think Glass is ready to make the jump to the NHL. George McPhee, if he's shown anything, it's that he takes his time with these prospects. He does not like bringing them up too quickly. You mentioned Brandstrom, who got traded to um, 
Ottawa in that deal for Mark Stone. He was a guy that we thought maybe could make the team out of the Golden Knights team out of camp, and he appeared to be one of the better defensemen on the team, but McPhee really, really likes to slow their development down, make sure they're ready. Another guy is Nick Hague, who is has been phenomenal. He's the number one defenseman for the Wolves down in Chicago. He's there. He's playing the most minutes, and he's playing really well. He's a guy that could make the jump to the NHL next year. I think Cody Glass gets at least one year in the AHL. If he comes in and really impresses them in training camp, maybe he could steal a spot, but I, I think he probably ends up in Chicago next year. Jesse Granger joining us from the Athletic Bob Stauffer with you and Oilers now. Jesse, last year when Vegas was in Edmonton late in the year, Zach Whitecloud, they picked him up out of the won the recruiting battle on that front. The Oilers looked at him as well. Of course, he's from Brandon, which is where Kelly McCrimmon's from, played two years at Bemidji. He got a game in last year. That's usually how those deals work. Uh, he's, a, he's a right shot D. But he hasn't been the best statistical uh, right shot D. And, and the other guy is Dylan Coughlin, who... Uh, uh, played for the Tri-City Americans for Bob Torrey. He's got 14 goals and 37 points this year. Like they've got, I'm not saying these guys are ready right away next year, but they've got a couple guys that are putting up some points in the back end on the right side as well that might provide them with an option with a player like Miller once they have to eventually phase out Derek England. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was the biggest reason that they were able to trade Brandstrom, who is by all rights, going to be a very, very good NHL player. The reason they were able to send him for Mark Stone in that deal is because they're so impressed with White Cloud and Dylan Coughlin. They're, the Golden Knights forward prospect pool is extremely shallow. It's basically Cody Glass, and then there's no other prospect that is a surefire NHL guy after him. They need to build that up. But on the defensive end, they are stacked. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon has done a phenomenal job not only drafting and identifying talent, but then developing it down in Chicago. And obviously, Rocky Thompson has a huge part in that also. But yeah, they're, the Golden Knights' defensive organizational depth is phenomenal. It's the forwards. They need to find some more prospects there. Trading Nick Suzuki for Max Pacioretty obviously hurt them. Um, but they're kind of in a win-now mode, so I, I don't blame them for going all in. Expansion team win now mode, and it's quite the story. Just to wrap up here, Jesse, you mentioned Kelly McCrimmon, and I'm sure you get asked about this a lot. Uh, we had John Shannon on before. <laughs> I have Kelly McCrimmon listed first uh, on uh, the tweets that I put out on the position uh, initially back on January 23rd when Peter Shirelli was relieved of his duties. I had McCrimmon listed uh, number one, and then about, uh, I don't know, about three weeks later, did a new list adding uh, Keith Gretzky as an attorney because I focus on external candidates. Um, is this guy a GM and waiting somewhere? Is it inevitable that the Knights lose him? I do think so. McCrimmon has done an absolutely amazing job. Uh, you can talk to anyone in the Golden Knights organization. They'll tell you, other than George McPhee, he had the biggest impact on building this team from scratch. And if I'm Edmonton, I'd be jumping at the chance to get him. He's an awesome guy, an awesome hockey mind. If I'm Seattle, he is by far the best candidate just because he was he went through the whole thing with George McPhee. He saw how McPhee kind of used the system against itself to get this expansion team. Um, I, any team, but especially, yeah, Edmonton and Seattle, um, McCrimmon would be a great fit. All right, so here's, here's the thing. There are people that believe uh, things like being able to talk to uh, the stakeholders, so season suite holders and, you know, season ticket holders, uh, suite holders, uh, dealing with the media is not part of the job. I completely disagree. Uh, and it's maybe it's my Canadian arrogance in that regard. I think it's a huge part of the job. And I just, uh, maybe you can educate our listeners. Uh, you know, what's Kelly like in that regard? 
McCrimmon, he's not a he's not a loud guy. He's very quiet. He doesn't talk a lot, but he's he's a really good guy. Genuine. He's he's exactly what you'd expect from kind of that that Brandon the small town hockey guy. He's got a great mind for hockey. I love talking to him. If and when he does leave, I'm gonna miss the chats I have with Kelly. I, he's he's not the guy the kind of guy that is is gonna be a huge face of the franchise and just be in the media a lot. I think he is kind of the same way George McPhee is in that when he does talk, he's very quiet. He likes to kind of be behind the scenes. But he's not at all uncomfortable. I mean, because you know what, when he owned, because he owned Brandon and he was the manager of Brandon and, you know, one time he hired Corey Clouston to coach the Wheat Kings after Corey left the Ottawa Senators, but then he ended up back behind the bench. I guess the point is he's completely comfortable doing it, but he doesn't. Are you saying he's not a self-promoter? That's part of the issue. Is that is that he exactly? Yes, there you go, Jesse. I'll see you yeah, down in the ring today. We're not going to shy away yet. Sorry, I'm not going to shy away. No, 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 all good, man. Thanks a lot for the update. We appreciate your time. We'll see you tonight, okay? All right. Thanks for your time. That's Jesse Granger. You can follow him on The Athletic. Uh, does a terrific job covering the Vegas Golden Knights. 120 in Edmonton. We're going to step out. Miko Koskinen will start for the 23rd time in 24 games. Jack Michaels just mentioned out on Twitter. He'll go against Malcolm Subban. The Golden Knights, one of the best possession teams in the NHL. Uh, plus 5.2 shot differential per game. The Edmonton Oilers are minus 2.4. Uh, again, the, the separation of the depth, and this is going to be something that's going to need to be addressed for Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Edmonton in the off season. We'll take a quick time out, get to some of your text, tweets, and emails. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Some guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan was one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. I can tell you they look after me, and they can be looking after you. They do a great job. They care about their clients, Heartland Ford. Let's go to some text on our Heartland Ford text line. Kevin has texted the show to say this. Bob, although you never read my texts on air, I thought I'd provide some tangible facts for any fans who think the Oilers' most important need are scoring wingers. The Oilers' defense have allowed the eighth most goals in the NHL with the final four regular games against teams all in the top 13 in the NHL. Statistics suggest the Oilers' goaltending uh, 
goals against average will only get worse. The Oilers' defense have contributed to approximately 20.3% of the team's offense. That's fifth worst in the NHL. Now, by my numbers, and they're rough, anyone who suggests that the Oilers' biggest issue is scoring is dead wrong. The Oilers' biggest issue this season and the past 12, for that matter, save the 16-17 season, has been both offense and defense from the team's defensive. Uh, if Bob thinks the Oilers will be a playoff team, with 10 to, he's referring to Bob Nicholson with 10 to 15 more goals, adding an actual puck-moving defenseman would provide that plus more. In my opinion, potential targets could be Jarrett Spurgeon or P.K. Subban salary retained, especially without a solid management group on uh, on place this is the season above any other where draft picks could be used to acquire cost-controlled nhl players kevin goes on to say picks are great but there's a greater risk the player doesn't turn out drafting and he puts in brackets especially with the orders time to break the cycle of insanity constantly plaguing the organization and add solid valuable top four defensemen to the orders roster from kevin Kevin, you missed a name on a potential target. And the name I'm going to give you is Tyson Berry. That would be my target. Uh, I like Jared Spurgeon, good player, but Tyson Berry has a higher offensive ceiling. Spurgeon's better two-way defenseman. But I could see Colorado having Kale McCarr coming out of college. He's probably going to win the Hobie Baker this year. They've got Eric Johnson, who's a right shot D. They've got Connor Timmons coming, but they've got Kale McCarr who can step in and basically replace what Tyson Berry does. Tyson Berry makes sense. It's going to cost you a good forward to do it. There's going to be teams around the league, and I do agree that the – and I put that out on Twitter. I, I'm part, of, part of the – conceptually for the show today, uh, when you look at Vegas's depth at forward, there's the contrast with me between Vegas and Edmonton. When I look at Vegas's defense, they got a couple good defensemen, but they're not lights out guys. I think the separation between these two teams is depth at forwards. But I will say right now, so the orders are 10, 5, and 5 with their top 6D that are here down the final 20 games. I will predict right now that two of those top six defensemen will have different names last next season. That will be my prediction. So take that for what it's worth, and your text is not incorrect. The orders have not generated enough offense from the back end, and you have to play the game differently. Now, I will say this. If Edmonton somehow ended up in the three or four hole, I would not trade that pick because the answer in terms of what you're looking for is there in the draft. Best defenseman out of the Western Hockey League since Scott Niedemeyer. Multiple people that have worked in the league over the last 25 years have told me that. Bowen Byram. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Kurt Hill from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.